it's, it's okay to have alcohol, but it's not okay if it has you. And I'm talking about not just addiction. I'm talking about the dangers of that. Dependence. Yeah. There are a few people that can be very um, addicted if they don't metabolize it and it stays in the system longer. They feel it. Well, the first thing we really need to know is how much muscle do we have. So getting on a body composition analysis machine to see how many pounds of lean muscle do you actually have and can you maintain that or improve that as we get older. We get a little bit more frail. We've got Congress that's acting like a bunch of drunken sailors, spending money like there's no tomorrow, right? The end of 2022, you had the lame duck Congress that passed a $1.7 trillion spending bill. But they don't have it. No, but no country around the globe has money right now. Bible says to take a little bit of wine for the stomach, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I think people now, take that a little extreme. Like, does that mean it, it's always good for you? Well, no, there's a lot of variables. Um, so alcohol, we cannot say just a blanket statement is bad for you because we know that Jesus drank wine, right? We can't say it's bad for you. And what I just quoted was a scripture, you know, where... Uh, the disciples were told, take a little bit of wine for your stomach, right? So obviously it has some purpose, but it's it's okay to have alcohol, but it's not okay if it has you. And there's a lot of... Say that one more time. That's, that's a good yeah. point. It's, it's okay to have alcohol, but it's not okay if it has you. And I'm talking about not just addiction. I'm talking about the dangers of that. Dependence. Yeah. Now, in a previous show, we were talking about the fatty liver concept, right? And so with that, there is such a thing as alcoholic fatty liver where the enzyme alcohol dehydrogenase doesn't work very well. It doesn't break down alcohol. So we end up with that heavy part of that metabolite that's toxic that settles in the liver. So there's a few people like that. There are a few people that can be very um, addicted if they don't metabolize it and it stays in the system longer. They feel it. In other words, if you have a glass of wine, you might have a little bit of a uh, buzz on it, you know, a little bit of neurotoxic action, or there are other people that can have a glass of wine and don't have any effect at all. That's true. And it's going to be the length of time that you've consumed alcohol. And of course, it's going to be the quantity of alcohol that eventually has the toxic effects on the body. One yeah. of the things that happens in the system that I know from medical practice is there's this thing called Wernicke's encephalopathy. There's these what is that? Say it one more time. Wernicke's encephalopathy, uh -huh. where these little tiny mammillary bodies inside the brain become atrophied, if you will, and people start having balance problems. Mm -hmm. They run into things, and then eventually they start having problems with memory loss or types of dementia. Well, so the brain is one thing that is very affected by alcohol. Yeah, and that's that's going to be part of that brain inflammation concept again. You know, it's a it's a toxin that affects the brain and damaged cells. I think, you know, th there's there's a few good things about 
alcohol. And I think we need to acknowledge that. Um, can alcohol be something that creates relaxation? It can in the moment, mm -hmm. but once that effect wears off, there's going to be a rebound effect and the heart rate goes up. There's going to be that rebound tachycardia, mm -hmm. and it can't even awaken someone from sleep. Somebody yeah. who's on alcohol long term, the effect on the cardiovascular system, it can create this thing called beriberi or a dilated cardiomyopathy. Mm -hmm. It can really affect the structure of the heart. Yeah, a lot of people drink it to relax. You talked about, you know, how that that can be uh, sort of the, the the devil's advocate position right there. Now, there is a well-known um, diet that promotes the use of alcohol. It's called the Mediterranean diet. But here's the caveat with that. There's some studies that indicate that the polyphenols or the uh, plant ingredients within the alcohol, the grapes per se, can help elevate HDL, which is the good cholesterol or protective cholesterol. Now, that's true in some to a point. But at the same time, if you're drinking wine, for example, and it becomes inorganic, we can also get some of the pesticides in there and some of the herbicides that are in there and they actually can hurt you. So it so, can create a toxic load. That's right. So brain toxic load, it can create heart toxic load or dilated cardiomyopathy. We talked about liver cirrhosis. There's also alcohol is a type of sugar mm -hmm. and too much alcohol can create a gut dysbiosis and overgrowth of certain species yep. of candida or yeast. And that is going to affect memory and cognition and function, energy production mm -hmm. to a point as well. And leaky gut. Can't forget that one either. The um, people also, even we're not talking about just wine and hard alcohol. We could talk about even beer in this particular discussion. You know, beer has gluten in it, right? Hops and gluten. Mm -hmm. So we know that gluten can be an issue with beer. And, and there's people that have a lot of this, this beer belly or this distension right here. Visceral fat. Visceral fat. And, and what that is, think about this. The toxins are stored within the fat right in and near your organs. Yes. Yeah, so that didn't even sound good. And the pancreas. One of the other things that alcohol can do is it can elevate triglycerides. And we know that high triglycerides is an independent risk factor for sudden cardiac death. Yeah. So too much alcohol, too much triglycerides, too much triglycerides can equal pancreatitis and actually puts you in the hospital. So if you've got visceral fat, it's not just your liver that's affected, it's your pancreas mm -hmm. that's affected. And that pancreas, if it becomes troubled and triglycerides go on the rise, here you are in the hospital with IV fluids to bring and insulin to bring those triglycerides down. I was talking with someone probably three or four weeks ago who was reviewing his, this person's lab. And I asked the question, you know, do you drink very much and how, how often and how much do you drink and what do you drink and all that. And the triglycerides were elevated at about 300. And they should be under 100. Now there's some that could be much higher than that. But the liver enzymes were also elevated. So there was a development there of that alcoholic fatty liver. And it turns out the person was drinking every single night small amounts. Well, what they thought were small amounts, maybe a glass of wine or maybe two or three beers. But that was every night. And so people are different with this. So we need to really look at the individual uh, cases with this on alcohol and not make it a blanket statement. But if you, if you can avoid alcohol, go ahead. But if you find out perhaps that it's beneficial in some way with your body type, your genetic type, 
You can do that, but make sure you're drinking organic. Clean alcohol is what That's you're right. saying. Because if you don't, right, again, a lot of the alcoholic industry today is done with inorganic preparation and production methods, which puts a whole load of toxins in there, and that becomes a, a huge problem with people. So we are not saying that alcohol is bad. Far from that. We're saying there could be some small benefit. True. But overall, there's probably more detriment holistically with alcohol than there is benefit. So um, choose your poison slash drink very wisely. Stay with us as we talk about the best ways to build muscle and gain strength. Muscle does the body good. And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable Kingdom Fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on Kingdom Fuel now. The body's amazing at recovery, so you want to give it every chance, no matter what time it is. So in that context, no, it's certainly never too uh, late. You're never too old to start trying to be healthy. No matter where you are in terms of your health, that you can turn this around. It's never too late to start a wellness program, and it's never too late to reach your healthcare goals. I, there's an old adage, um, and I'm not sure where it came from, but I really do like it. And they say um, the, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. We just want people to hang on to hope. We are hope dealers. And if you are not paying attention to the four foundational pillars of health, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, eventually it is gonna catch up. If we get all those four areas right, and we do it right, we see a dynamic occur in the middle called wellness, and that's where people get better. Their health is really gonna return as a side effect of wellness. best ways to build muscle and gain strength? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is resistance training. I mean, you think about a muscle built is one that had to be tore down first. What makes it grow? You know, if you have this idea of a breakdown, 
buildup and compensatory response so that you won't break it down for the same resistance next time. That's really a process of muscle building. But I think there's there's other ways besides resistance training. But the bottom line is it, it you have to create stress on the muscle to actually uh, provoke this adaptation response. Well, the first thing we really need to know is how much muscle do we have? So getting on a body composition analysis machine to see how many pounds of lean muscle do you actually have and can you maintain that or improve that as we get older? We yes. know that as we age for each decade, we get a little bit more frail, especially as we pass the 50-yard dash line mm. if we're not doing the things we need to do to build muscle. Like you said, resistance training. How many days a week should we be hitting the gym, lifting those weights? Well, according to the American Heart Association, which is one of the few things I agree with them on um, because of the high heart disease we have in America, three days a week or more. Now, with us, we're at least five days a week. And I believe it's necessary. I'm not saying go in there and spend like hours and hours and hours. We may spend 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 45. I know today I actually worked my legs and I spent 48 minutes. I timed it right on legs. But you can achieve a lot of resistance training within just a half an hour. And, and really, I think everybody out there listening right now should be doing it three days a week, bar none you know, to keep muscle on the frame. So three days a week, a busy person could actually see their lean mass stay the same yep. or even improve. Uh, some other ways that we can make sure that we maintain lean body mass is protein, making sure we're getting yep. a complete amino acid score every single day. What are some great ways that people can make sure that they're getting enough protein to offset the breakdown of a workout? Well, that's a low-hanging fruit for Kingdom Fuel, isn't it, right? So, you know, I think Kingdom Fuel is great. I mean, it has... Uh, 21 grams of protein in it, right, which is good. Uh, but really, when you think about it, protein is made of amino acids, right? Muscles are made from proteins, which come from amino acids. So when you have this breakdown concept, you have to have the amino acids back to rebuild. Think about amino acids as maybe bricks and mortar, you know, mm -hmm. for structure. And you've got to have that in place there. And so when somebody resistance trains, the best thing to do, and if, you know, this is a standard thing we've probably known for years, is you could maybe have a, a Kingdom Fuel shake after that workout sometime. Now, I don't get too hung up, you know, like some people do. It's got to be within 30 minutes or 45 minutes because that's your little sweet spot. I think everybody's different with that. Um, but you do have to have adequacy of protein on board to maintain muscle. Well, and I do think that that 90-minute window post-exercise, especially on your resistance training days, to get that complete amino acid score, that kingdom fuel, your protein shake on board is very important because you got to get the fuel for it to recover. Yeah. Not only do we have to break it down with resistance training, we've got to feed it with protein, the complete amino acid score. What about rest? Should we make uh -huh. sure we rest it before we go back to the gym to train it again? Y E capital S. Like this is a classic thing that people do wrong when we're talking about resistance training. They overtrain, they overstress, and they train the same muscles over and over again. Big muscles, like let's just break it down, like big muscles, like upper body front, the big pushing muscles, like the pectoralis. Upper body back, like your latissimus, right? You know, things like that. And then lower body, like your, your glutes, your hamstrings, and your quads. They really only be worked about once every three days. If you train those things, especially as you're getting over 50, perhaps when you're younger, you can train those more than maybe three days a week. 
maybe within 48 hours. But when you get older, probably 72 hours or even more is required to get those things to respond, giving them time to recover and time to rest. Rest is so important. And even with the three days a week that we talked about a moment ago, I mean, one day probably should be upper body front, one day upper body back, and one day legs. If you just do that, you're going to get more potential muscle gain and maintenance than you will if you do the same thing every time. And a good way to tell, you know, really when you're doing this is to answer this question, are you getting stronger? And some people never think that way. Well, I, I do three sets of 10. Well, okay, of what? Well, three sets of 10, that's what I do. Three sets of 10 of 100 pounds, that's what I've done for 10 years. That is not getting stronger. That body will adapt to that and it will stop adjusting and assessing at all. So train it, feed it, rest it. Maybe get an accountability partner or a trainer who if you're going to push that weight a little bit and you're going to yeah. put some extra weight on there, they can spot you to help you make sure that you don't get hurt and set yourself back. Well, they can. And, and that's if you're younger and you're trying to train heavier, you know, in the repetition range, probably somewhere between a two and a five or six or seven, you probably need to get a spotter, you know. Um, but it's, you know, you get up there in a few age, I don't really get down there lower than about eights anymore, you know, repetition range. So, um, I try to, my accountability partner is you, but I will actually get a notebook and I'll write down what I've lifted last time. And when I come back to that type of workout, I know what I did and I know what I try to do. And I try to get one more, a little bit better. And if I'm doing that on a consistent basis, I'll put a little plus sign down there by my exercise. A little plus sign. And, and that means I've improved. As long as I've got a lot of pluses in a, in a pattern over time, that means I'm improving. And that means I'm not overtraining. On the flip side, if I put a bunch of minuses where I'm not improving, that tells me something too, and I need to change up my workout. So the, we've got to monitor our body composition, make sure we know how much lean mass we have, and track it going upwards. Yep. We've got to feed it, rest it, um, what's, what's the last one? I think you got to document it, document it. Right. And this is important because if we don't maintain muscle tissue in our frame, you know, yes, it's, it's tied to fat loss. I understand. Yes. It's tied to metabolism, but let's, for, let's don't forget what muscles do. They are attached with tendons to the to bones bone. to move the bones. I mean, muscles are about movement. The more muscles you have, the more you can move. Train it, feed it, rest it. You might want to see your practitioner because as we pass that 50-yard dash line, sometimes hormones decline and they need to be replaced. Boy, hormones, that's another show for another day. But in the meantime, train your muscles at least three days a week or more. Feed them. Find your, feed them, rest them, and uh, what was their thing? Fuel them. Fuel them. There you go. All about muscles. Stay strong. Up next... Our financial guru, Kirk Elliott, gives us advice on what you need to know at this time in history. How can boosting your daily nutrition save you money? I'm Dr. Michelle Sherwood. And I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood. Kingdom Fuel costs about a third of the average lunch and will supersize your nutrition. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber with 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fats, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is a simple start to a transformed life. Hello, I'm Kevin Sorbo. Now there's an old saying, it's not what you know, but who you know that matters. Now that's true in our careers, spiritual life, and when it comes to our health and overall well-being. Today, most of us know a lot, 
information about health and nutrition, but are we really doing anything with it? So here's what I've learned from working with doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. They're the founders of the Functional Medical Institute. You need a wellness plan that's customized based on your unique needs. Now remember, real change can only happen when you address the whole person. That is exactly what Mark and Michelle do and why they are people you should know. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. Find out at Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo. That's Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo or just see the link below. Have a great day and God bless. I could use your assistance. Okay. Um, Jesus. Huh? I, my name is Jesus. <laughs> sure. Jesus. Jesus is here today. You, uh, you looking for a job? Yes, sir. You and Mark have 45 days before the bank forecloses. Not to worry. They do not call me by God Byron for nothing. The collection plate starts to be passed around. Mark reaches into the basket and shouts, you and your family are the winner from the first church of the Lotto. Kind of think of it like a high stakes bingo night ever this video of the diaper is going viral right before our eyes. This is a miracle. What, what is? Friends of Faith has over 300,000 followers. Oh my dad! That's more followers than Moses had. Jesus! Take the wheel! Say no, stop! Take it. the wheel! I got it! I got it, buddy! Hey Mark, great to be with you again. Um, I wish it could be with better news, right? But but yet I do have a smile on my face because there's solutions. So make sure you watch this whole video because we do have solutions for this. But but what I want to talk about is the unrelenting spending happening in America right now. We've got we've got Congress that's acting like a bunch of drunken sailors, spending money like there's no tomorrow. Right, the end of 2022, you had the lame duck Congress that passed a $1.7 trillion spending bill, right? 1.7 trillion. Now, I wouldn't have such an issue with it if we actually had $1.7 trillion laying around. You know, then you'd just be allocating what you already have and, you know, just saying where it's going to go. But they don't have it. No, but no country around the globe has money right now, right? Because two years of, of COVID, two years plus of COVID, People weren't spending, there's supply chain disruptions, there's there's issues, there's higher taxation. Now, so what did that force countries to do? Print money like there's no tomorrow to try to inflate or die. Because if they didn't, there wasn't enough government tax revenue from sales tax revenues, property tax revenues, income tax revenues to actually fund the government because the, it's a global economic slowdown. And in fact, projections just... The, the second week in January came out that that because of all the fracturing of, of countries in this globalized world, right, because of, of import and export controls, what Russia's doing now and, and telling America and the G7 nations, which are the U.S., the Western industrialized economies of, of Europe, Japan, right, it's like, hey, you guys signed the stupid accord that capped Russian oil at $60 a barrel when oil was 79 
and and back when he did that on on December third, when Biden signed that into law, I said, if I were Putin, I wouldn't sell to those countries, right? Why would I sell them oil at a nineteen dollar barrel loss? And sure enough, December twenty eighth, he said exactly that. He said, I'm not selling you any oil come February first. So what's that going to do to the price of oil? Make it go possibly double. Because Russia is the largest supplier of oil and gas in the whole world, right? And we're talking about the G7 industrialized nations. They're not chump change either, right? So oil is going to go through the roof. If we think we've seen even the middle to the end of inflation yet, you're kidding yourselves. We haven't. So inflation is going to come. Oil prices are going to go through the roof. And I don't care if you're the, the biggest green proponent on the planet. And you have your solar power, your wind power, and your electric Tesla, right? They all use petroleum. There's there's oil in in the in the gears, right, of any machine and any windmill. There's oil in the bearings and grease of your tires and your electric car. Oil is petroleum products are used in the plastic on your dashboard in your electric car, right? So there's no getting around it. Inflation is going to be coming, and we've got a Congress that's spending money like there's no tomorrow. And like we talked about on a previous show, the potential run on the banks and the FDIC being underinsured, what would be the end result of that? The mother of all quantitative easing, probably five to seven trillion dollars on top of the one point seven trillion dollars that they just spent on top of them having to raise the debt ceiling yet again. Right. So there's, we're talking about all these different spending projects that are all in the trillions. We don't have the money. So inflation is going to persist because government revenues aren't there. So therefore, they're going to have to print without discretion like there's no tomorrow, right? So, so how do you protect yourselves? Like we've talked, and, I, and I, I, I admit, I sound like a broken record, like a one-hit wonder, right? Because, But if there was something else that we could do to protect and preserve, I would say it. We would do it. I don't care what the asset is as long as it's minimizes our risk, maximizes our return. So your IRAs, they need to be reallocated into gold and silver. Your, your brokerage accounts need to be reallocated into gold and silver. Your bank account shouldn't have too much cash because the banks are at risk, right? So, so give our office a call, take advantage of these trends so the trends don't take advantage of you. Get out of harm's way into gold and silver, which are growing like crazy, Mark, crazy. I mean, we're up 98% in silver over the last two and a half years, but the more immediate trend over the last 12 weeks, we're seeing up 40%. That's incredible. In a world where there's so much fear, there's so much uncertainty, there's so much doubt, this can put a smile on your face. So give us a call. We'd love to help you out. Mark has arranged for, for that to happen. We'll take good care of you. Free consultations, right? 720-605-3900. Just say Dr. Mark sent you, or simply you can go to kirkelliotphd.com forward slash Sherwood and get on our calendars for that free consultation. We'll help you out. Exploring biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, or anti-fragility. Start here. No gimmicks, just proven results. 